This is the Colts Daily Update, a look at the latest with the Indianapolis Colts. Now, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. It's the Daily Update on a Thursday. You know, a week ago tonight, the Colts were victorious. They won over the Broncos on Thursday night football. That game was in overtime in week five. They're going to have to wait until Sunday, week six, to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the second of two meetings between these two AFC South rivals at Lucas Oil Stadium. And J.J., the home team, has won 10 straight games in the series. The Colts are looking to snap a two-game losing streak to the Jaguars and even up the season series. I said J.J. Stangovitz. That's because J.J. is here on the Colts Daily Update on a Thursday night on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, what's good, sir? You know, for all the folks who were complaining about the quality of last Thursday night's game between the Colts and the Broncos, tonight the Bears and the Washington Commanders are going to play at Soldier Field where the winds are whipping in the Windy City. (laughs) Um, Yes! And you know what? For everyone everyone who's complaining about, oh, what a terrible game, you know what you're going to be doing at about 9.45 tonight is being locked in to the Bears and the Commanders. second half. I mean, I I will be. I know I am. I'm not even pretending that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch this bad game. No, I'm going to be watching this game, and I'm going to be watching it quite intently because also the Commanders come to town in uh, a couple weeks. weeks, So got to check out how they're looking with Carson Wentz at quarterbacks. Right. I mean, people gripe all. I mean, they did last Thursday. People left the game early, and Twitter was a buzz. This is the worst game, all field goals, no red zone, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? You watched it. Guess what? And that's, wor- why, that's why Thursday night football exists. The worst football game is better than a lot of other things you could be doing. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. So a lot to get into. We're jam-packing this in for about 15 minutes here, JJ. So you've got the Colts through five games. You've got the Jaguars through five games. They beat the Colts 24 to nothing back in week number two. Are you buying the Jaguars at this point? I know they've lost two games, but if they don't kill themselves in a couple of these games here lately, they might even uh, have a better record. How much of a challenger are the Jaguars in the AFC South this season? They're still a big challenger, Matt. Um, you know, I think what we've seen from Jacksonville so far is probably what we're going to see throughout the season, where they can have some games where when things click on that team, They are really talented on both sides of the ball. They have a good coaching staff on both sides of the ball, and they can go and they can whip you. But they're also going to have some games where, because they are still young across the board, their quarterback is in his second year in the NFL, you're going to have some variance in there where you get a game where, you know, you you mentioned how well Jacksonville played probably outside of the 20s against uh, Houston over the weekend, but then Trevor Lawrence on second and one yeah. near the goal line throws an interception. Yeah. Um, you know, you have some some issues just with, you know, converting on fourth down and turning the ball over that will happen with young teams as they kind of grow into who they are and what their identity is. And for the Jaguars, you know, winning on the road is still going to be tough for them because the, 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 it's one thing to win at home. It's another thing to go on the road and win in hostile environments as a young team. So this is an opportunity for the Colts where, all right, you know, they got humbled a little bit in week two with that 24 to nothing game. But getting Jacksonville here where Jacksonville's coming off of a, a disappointing loss to the Houston Texans at home, um, this should be a good one and, and a, yeah. a good challenge for both teams. Yeah, you brought up the road woes. Jacksonville, I know it's not this team. It goes back much further and deeper than that. But Jacksonville as a franchise, they've lost 13 straight AFC South road games 
And so they're looking to get off the schneid as far as that's concerned on Sunday. The Colts are looking for their fifth consecutive win over Jacksonville at Lucas Oil Stadium. So the Colts shuffled up the offensive line last week. 60% of the offensive line was new compared to four days prior uh, when they played the Titans on Sunday in week number four. What do you think the offensive line, what do you think that looks like this weekend, and what is the best five starting unit up front for the Colts going forward? Well, the big question, Matt, is what goes on on the right side of the offensive line because Frank Reich told us this week Bernard Ryman is going to continue as the Colts' starting left tackle. Mm -hmm. Got Quentin Nelson at left guard. He's not going anywhere. Ryan Kelly, as long as he is healthy, is going to be the starting center. Kelly was limited in practice today. Uh, On Thursday, he did not practice on Wednesday with a hip injury he Mm -hmm. sustained against the Broncos last week. So then that leaves the right side of the offensive line, and and really the linchpin there is what do you do with Braden Smith? Do you you keep him at right guard after he played there for the first time in his NFL career against the Broncos, or do you kick Braden back out to right tackle and then look at, you know, a Matt Pryor, a Will Fries, uh, you know, Danny Mm -hmm. Pinter at right Mm -hmm. guard, or if you, you have Braden at right guard, do you then look at a Matt Pryor, a Dennis Kelly, out there at tackle. right tackle. Yeah. So that's kind of the big question. Um, I would not expect us to get an answer on that as the Colts kind of work through some things during practice this week. Um, you know, it might be one of those things where we find out at the same time the Jaguars do. Maybe um, in warm-ups? Maybe in warm-ups, maybe on the first offensive series. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Frank Reich will tell our own Lara Overton in their pregame interview uh, that will go out on Colts.com and on the Colts, Colts social channels on Sunday morning. But – um, that's kind of where, where the questions lie on this offensive line right now. It's J.J. Stangovitz. I'm Matt Taylor. This is the Colts' daily update tonight. And, you know, again, it's been well chronicled, 24 to nothing. The offensive woes for the Colts back in week number two shut out. And uh, But in that game, they didn't have Michael Pittman Jr. They didn't have Alec Pierce. He was in the, in the uh, concussion protocol about a month ago. What will those players and their presence do for the Colts in this game against the Jaguars' defense? How much will that help the Colts hopefully move the ball much better? Well, it's it's big for two reasons. One, Matt, is obviously just getting those two guys. Those are your top two receivers right now. Um, You know, especially the way Alec has come on in the last three weeks, 15 catches, 222 yards over the last three games since he came back from the concussion that kept him out in week two. Um, And and those those guys, they can separate. But they can also go make contested catches, uh, which will definitely help Matt Ryan get the ball out quicker and maybe try to neutralize that Jaguars pass rush that was so effective in Week 2. But the second part of it is that going into that game in Jacksonville, the Colts thought they were going to have both of those guys available. Right. You know, Alec was going through the concussion protocol. They were both late scratches. Right. right. It wasn't until Friday morning before that game that Alec Pierce got ruled out as he was not able to pass through the last part of the concussion protocol. And then Michael Pittman Jr., with a, I believe it was a quad injury, he got ruled out Saturday morning. So it was, you know, the, the Colts then had to tweak their game plan, which is not an easy thing to do on the fly when you've, you know, installed it and put it in during the week. Um, so I think having both those guys not only available but practicing all week That's a big factor as the Colts go into this game. All right, meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, Trevor Lawrence had a career-high 83% completion percentage against the Colts back in Week 2. That also uh, was accompanied by a career-high 121.5 passer rating against everybody else so far this year. His passer rating is down to 82 2-1 2-1 in his career against the Colts, 0-5 against the rest of the AFC South, J.J. 
why is this so? Why is Lawrence playing so well against the Colts and sort of subpar against everybody else seemingly in the NFL? I, th- I think, you know, you look at the last, you know, last year where, um, you know, you kind of got to the end of the year and the Colts obviously fell on their face uh, in week 18 against the Jaguars. But the week, the, the, the home game, I think Lawrence's completion percentage was, what, 50-something percent. It wasn't mm-hmm. very high in his first game against the Colts. Um Back in, I think it was week 10 of mm-hmm. the 2021 season. November, yeah. Right. So then you come come into week two, and I think if you're looking at it from a glass-half-full standpoint, all right, it's early in the season. The Jaguars did not have a lot of things on film in terms of what that offense is going to look like with uh, you know Press Taylor, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence as kind of that coaching quarterback combo. Now that you know, the Jaguars have put some things on film, and Gus Bradley's defense has really played well over the last couple of weeks, the Colts, Matt, they are uh, they are fourth in the NFL in allowing the fewest touchdown drives of 75 or more yards. That that means that this defense is not giving up long touchdown drives. Right. It's really hard if the Colts can cut down on their turnovers on offense. Right. That will help the de- – the, the defense is set up for success. Even though they're not taking the ball away, it is hard to drive downfield on this Colts defense. Right. I think if you make the Jaguars do that again, they are a team that has had some issues with self-inflicted mistakes. You know, they had all those fumbles against Philly in the monsoon. Yeah. Uh, they had the mistakes at home against Houston last week. I think you got to play that, okay, you know, make them make a mistake type of a game and – you know, you, you got to get after Lawrence a little bit more, but he, he gets the ball out quick. He's very good at avoiding sacks. Um, but I think you're starting to see the Colts' defense build upon some things and be a little bit less predictable just mm-hmm. in terms of the coverages they're playing, how they're disguising things, and how they're sending some blitzes here and there. All right, one final one with J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. I'm Matt Taylor here on the Colts Daily Update tonight. You brought up the injury report a little bit earlier. Jonathan Taylor was on it. Shaq Leonard still on it. Ryan Kelly, as you said, Naeem Hines still in the concussion protocol, Quiddy Pay dealing with an ankle. J.J., how concerned are you over the injury report for the Colts going into this game? I think it's probably good news that Jonathan Taylor today was listed as a limited participant. Um, You know, that seems like a step in the right direction for him as he comes back from the ankle. Um, You know, Tyquan Lewis, full participant as he works through the concussion protocol. Right. Um, and, you know, Julian Blackman, too, full participant with his ankle injury. Um, so, you know, I'm not as concerned. You know, the the fact that the Colts have not placed Quiddy Pay on injured reserve yes. right yes. now, mm-hmm. you know, let's see if we get to Sunday and make sure that's still the case. But that is encouraging just from the standpoint of he gets carted off on Thursday, and, you know, your first right. thought when, it, when the car comes out is, man, this guy's season's yeah, over. If he can't walk it off, right? Right. And now you're thinking mm-hmm. maybe he doesn't even need to go on injured reserve and miss a minimum of four games. That would be very good news. Um, obviously, you want to get Shaquille Leonard back at some point. He has the concussion and nose issues. Uh, that he suffered against Tennessee in week four. But, you know, and, and then Ashton Doolin, we should mention too, he went on injured reserve right. this week as well. But um, for the most part, though, th- this doesn't concern me a ton based on where I thought it could have been at the start of the week. Right. Yeah, it's certainly getting better day by day. We'll see what the final designations are tomorrow on Friday. What are you writing about? Speaking of Friday, what are you writing about going into the weekend here on Colts.com? So I talked to a bunch of players this week just about how Zaire Franklin not only has played this year, but the impact of him playing well on this entire team, where guys see a former seventh-round pick who – 
got benched his rookie year and then had to work his way back all the way from being a special teamer to being a core special teamer to now being a guy who played a couple of snaps on defense to now being a starter who leads the NFL in tackles going into week six with 54. So just getting the perspectives of different guys at different positions about who, what Zaire means to this team. It's really impressive. Uh, You respect the heck out of Zaire Franklin for the kind of player he is, the kind of leader he is Mm -hmm. and the journey he has taken to this point where he he got a second contract, and boy, is he rewarding the Colts no with how he's playing it. with it. No doubt about it. Great point. All right, I think we uh, emptied out your notebook there. Anything else that we missed? I think we covered it all. Just, you know, I, another thing on Colts.com, I just kind of re-racked some of where the rookies are quarter away through the season. Um, and, you know, they're getting a lot of contributions. It's not just Alec Pierce, but, you know, Bernard Ryman's Jelani being started. Woods. Jelani Woods getting right. in there. Ronnie Thomas playing some great no football yeah. with Julian Blackman out. JoJo Doman becoming a core special teamer on a unit that really needs guys to step up there. Th- this rookie class looks like it's it's off to a very, very encouraging start mm-hmm. with guys that the Colts will not only lean on right now, but yeah. will have to lean on the rest of the season. Yeah, it's all levels, too. It's the top of the draft, the back of the draft, undrafted free yep. agents, as you said there with JoJo Doman. J.J. Stangovitz, follow his work on Colts.com and the Colts mobile app. And while you're there, of course, check out the official Colts podcast from earlier this week, Inside Football with Rick Venturi with the Blueprints to Beat the Jaguars. We also have our Know Your Foe podcast up from earlier today with Demetrius Harvey, who covers the Jaguars for the Florida Times Union. And that'll do it for the Colts Daily Update tonight. Instant Replay is coming up next. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow on Colts Happy Hour with JMB starting at 530 right here in the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Good night.